Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Welcome everyone to the very second solo episode that I'm doing without my podcast co-host Janice. Um, We like to alternate having some solo episodes in there so we can dive deeper into our personal experience and, you know, have more of a one-on-one talk with you guys. Just looked, it's 1.11 p.m., so I think you can make a wish if you want. Um, (laughs) Random distraction. Sorry about that. So, welcome. Today, we're going to talk about how to process emotions. And I'm also going to give you a quick tool for when you need to not be processing your emotions. Because I think in an effort to avoid avoiding processing, um, as I think you have probably heard that you need to do, which is good advice. Um, I'll go more into my personal story with that. But I think we can sometimes not allow us the time to just enjoy life and realize that life is beautiful as well Um, in an effort to just be always processing and always healing and, you know, really doing the work, as we like to call it. Um, Yeah, so two-parter on this one. How to process emotions and how to take a break from processing your emotions so that you can see how beautiful life is as well. So a little on my backstory for emotion processing terms. Um, I'm the best at avoiding my emotions. I mean, I'm not in anyone else's head, so I don't know this for sure, but I'm pretty sure I'm the best. Um, I discovered this power after I broke up with my first ever high school boyfriend. I did it on Valentine's Day over a decade ago. I know, great timing. Um, I really hope he's gotten over that trauma um, and can enjoy Valentine's Day now, but... <laughs> I broke up with my first boyfriend on Valentine's Day. Um, And even as a naive junior, I just knew that we had different plans for our lives and it just wasn't going to work, even though, you know, he was my first love. I knew it had to be done. Um, But even still, it was my first heartbreak. And I just feel so bad for little teenage Claire because I had no idea how to process feelings. Um, and that was the moment when I realized that I could consciously ignore my feelings. So I think that's when it really started because I was like, wait, you can ignore your feelings? It was after I thought was the worst week of my life. I figured out I could squash that heartbreak down and find relief. And I remember congratulating myself on figuring out this big secret, like I had some sort of superpower that gave me an edge. Like, you can ignore your feelings. What a revelation. Um, You can probably guess how that went long term. 
from that, I never learned how to control my feelings when they were in motion, so to speak. The only control that I had was that total suffocating control of ignoring them. But when they broke free, I had no idea how to ride that wave. And I also, I was living in such a shortened spectrum of emotions because you're not just deadening your negative emotions, you're also deadening your positive emotions. So yeah, I just didn't experience the good things as vibrantly as I would like to because I was just trying to block all that darkness, all that junk from my past that I never processed. <laughs> um, yeah, and after years in a string of difficult events, the pressure from the feelings kept inside me really got to be too much. And let me tell you, I wish I didn't have to process years of feelings all in one crashing wave. It shook me to my core and it is only after intentional self-work that I'm rebuilding myself and I had to learn the hard way how to process feelings. But I like the new floor plan. Like the walls are different than before. Before, I had reinforced them to keep the mess inside, and therefore they didn't really defend against the outside. I let people in that I shouldn't have. You know, I, I continuing with the metaphor, I had supporting beams that, you know, just propping up everything. It was a mess. The, no foundation. Um, <laughs> it, it was... Yeah, it was just held together with tape and hope, you know? And now I'm rebuilding how I want my internal structure to be and not how I needed it in order to trap feelings inside, you know? Um, because I'm, I don't have to trap anything inside anymore. So one of the tools that helped me learn how to process feelings was the act of accepting them. Because before, I would just try to deny their very existence. Just continue as if everything was fine. Um, perhaps it's my heritage. I'm a first-generation American. Um, so my family is all British, and that's very British. Um, <laughs> so who knows? But... Everything changed once I started accepting my feelings. And it turned out that accepting my feelings as what they were set me free. Acceptance let me feel all my feels. And most of all, it set me free from the stifled, muted experience of life. Because after all, if you don't allow yourself to feel the hard stuff, the good stuff gets muted too. Your life experience is just not as broad and full of depth as it could be. If you're unfamiliar with accepting what is instead of raging against it in denial, acceptance can seem kind of woo-woo and new-agey. 
you know, why accept something negative? Why accept something that you really wish would change? Um, but this is how to process feelings. Acceptance is crucial to allowing the feelings to pass because without accepting them, you cannot process them. And then they have to stay. So you have to allow that they exist before you can feel them and before you can let them pass through you. So they can't leave until you feel them. And you can't feel them if you're too terrified of them to even accept their existence. So if you want to change the situation, you must accept it first. So here are the four steps that helped me accept my feelings. And just to let you know, I didn't come up with this. These steps have had a long history in the mindfulness community. Um, I learned them as part of my mindfulness certification. However, their roots can be traced back to Michelle McDonald. And the acronym that you're about to learn was more recently repopularized by Tara Brock. They're easy to remember, too. It's just the acronym RAIN. Let it rain. So, RAIN. R, recognize. A, allow. I, investigate. N, non-identification. So, first step, recognize. You have to recognize that you're feeling something. And if we're really used to pushing things down, we might not even recognize that we're doing it. And it's all too often that we just exist in whatever emotional state we are in without recognizing that the way we feel is an emotion passing through our body. So just become aware of the feeling. Some thoughts, I mean, some questions you can ask to narrow down what the thoughts and feelings you are actually having are is how are you acting? Are you acting differently because you're feeling something? What about your tone of voice? Are you yelling? Is it loud? Is it quiet? Perhaps maybe you're shutting down and withdrawing and you're stopping to communicate. You're not talking. So maybe you are hearing that critical voice inside that's always saying you can't do something, you're not good enough, you'll never succeed. Don't judge whatever it is you're experiencing. All you have to do right now is just give it a name. For example, I am feeling frustrated, not I am frustrated. Remember, you are not your feelings, you are not your thoughts. Um, you are not your brain. That's one of my favorite books. I really love that book. So don't judge what you're experiencing. You know, remember, you're not judging or labeling yourself for the feeling. You're just recognizing that you're having a feeling and feelings pass. So number two, allow. You need to allow the feeling to be what it is. Don't fight it. Don't deny it. Don't judge it like I shouldn't be feeling this way. A better way to feel would be this way. I should be feeling this way. You know, it is what it is. That's okay. And you may not understand why you feel the way that you feel yet. But just allow 
that it is what it is. Let it be. Let it see the light of day. You've probably heard of Brene Brown, you know, so she's done decades of research on shame, vulnerability, courage, empathy. Um, she's everywhere. So I'm sure you've heard of her. But one of the most important takeaways from all of those years of research is that the things that hold the most power over us are the things that we keep secret, we keep silent, and we judge. So that's why, you know, the first two steps of the RAIN method are so important is to recognize and allow without judgment and take something out of secrecy, out of silence. Um, A perfect illustration of this comes from a quote from Brene Brown. If you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three ingredients to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in a Petri dish and douse it with empathy, it can't survive. So that empathy is... I see it as synonymous with allowing. You're allowing what is to be without judgment. And I think in order to do that, you have to have empathy for yourself. And that is why it's essential to allow what you feel to be known to yourself without judgment or without denying its existence. So just allowing a feeling is crucial to how you process feelings. The third step is investigate. You want to get to know this feeling from all angles. Walk around it. Examine it. See if you can find any secret drawers or trap doors. Lift it up. Turn it around. Knock on it. See if it holds anything else within it. You know, it might be one of those Russian dolls. Um... See if you can, you can shake it. Does anything rattle? (laughs) And ask yourself questions. How does this feeling show itself in your body? What sensations are coming up for you? Have you felt like this before? How do you know you felt like this before? What are those clues? What triggered this feeling? What do I need right now? How am I acting because of this feeling? What are the consequences of those actions? Have I met my basic needs for sleep, food, water? You know, sometimes we can be overwhelmed by situations we generally be capable of meeting head on. Simply because we're low on sleep or have low blood sugar and we're, you know, we're hungry, we're thirsty. We're... We are biological mechanisms. You got to feed the machine to keep it running, right? So that's also a great thing. Anytime you're having something overwhelming or hard, take care of your basic biological needs and then start asking yourself the deep questions because you might feel a lot better afterwards. All right. And then the fourth and final part of RAIN is non-identification. So this last part is crucial. Know that the feeling is not you. You are not this feeling. The feeling is something you are actually experiencing right now, but experiencing something doesn't mean anything about you. 
doesn't mean anything about you long term. It doesn't mean you're bad or weak or mean, short-sighted, dramatic. It does not define you. You are not the emotion. You are the person observing the feeling. Notice how you are experiencing life, but you're also watching yourself experience life. That's really crazy, huh? When you think thoughts in your brain, you're actually in two places. You're the thinker and the observer. The thinker, as I've termed it, is the biology. These are the electrical signals (laughs) combining to form thoughts and feelings. This is the lizard brain trying to survive in a dangerous world. I like to think of this as a computer. You know, it's, it's running processes and it's basically throwing spaghetti at a wall it's seeing what sticks it's just um I I I guess you could think of it as um like a password a password producing what would you call that program (laughs) but basically where it spits out random combinations of numbers and letters um uh, you know, a key generation machine. I don't know. I'm not that techie. I'm kind of techie, but not that techie. Um, <laughs> it'll come to me in a week. So it's spitting out these random combinations, but it doesn't mean that every one of those combinations will unlock the thing that you're trying to unlock. You know, it doesn't mean that all of those combinations are correct. Your brain is the same way. It'll just think thoughts. And you, the observer, the witness of your thoughts, gets to choose what to do with them, whether to disregard a thought or to identify with it. And this is the you that is your soul, as I see it. But it's separate from your thoughts and feelings. Because of this, you can look at your thoughts and know that those thoughts don't define you. I like to also compare thoughts and feelings that come into your awareness as like a storm coming across the horizon. Just because there was a storm, that doesn't matter. You're the whole universe. Just because rain clouds are blocking the sun right now doesn't mean that the sun turned off. It's still there. And likewise, you're not changed. Your identity, your soul is not changed by the ever-changing feelings that just flow across your neural horizons. You know, you get to choose how to respond when the feelings come and you get to know that they pass. All things pass. So by tapping into your awareness as the observer, you can learn how to process feelings healthily. You can choose to aim for something better instead of accepting the feeling as immutable. And yeah, this is just, it was so mind-blowing for me to learn about and really come to terms with the fact that I'm not my thoughts, that I'm actually the observer of my thoughts. It's so freeing. So by following the steps of the RAIN method, of recognizing, allowing, investigating, and then not identifying with your feelings, you 
get to find acceptance for your feelings. And that acceptance, I think that is what allows something to pass through you. So yeah, that is the RAIN method. Now, my next thing that I want to share with you is for when you need to get out of the processing. And I know that can feel like a contradiction, um, especially with my um, <laughs> my story from before about how I'm the best at this. Um, so I want to be really specific about when it is important to get yourself out of the processing. And this is when you're struggling to go through your day-to-day life. This is when you're so deep in it that you are really struggling to go to work or do anything fun, like go out with friends, like you're really struggling to do other healing practices other than being in the feelings and processing the feelings and trying to make sense of it all. So this is, you know, this is important because I think we can get overwhelmed and your body just can't stand up to that sort of extreme mental anguish for that long. So, and I think that we can be more productive with processing when we give that processing boundaries, when we give it a time limit, at least during each day, and not letting it interfere with the other things that will also help us heal from the breakup. So when you are feeling stuck in the processing and like you can't escape, I want to introduce the idea of a toolbox. So a toolbox, um, we can create it like right now if you want. Um, (laughs) Basically, you're going to create a list of the things that really bring you joy. So these are the things that are pattern interrupters for you because the problem is usually that when you get too deep in the feelings for too long, it's hard to even know what to do to pull yourself out of it. And by making this toolbox ahead of time, it takes that thinking out of it so that you can uh, transition into a new frame of mind without having to, you know, come up with the idea for it on the spot when you're in the deep darkness, in the deep sads. Um, <laughs> so these could be, you know, taking a 20 to 30 minute walk. It could be a bath. It could be read a chapter of my favorite book. It could be call a friend. It could be call my mom. Um, it could be paint my nails. It could be, um, binge TikTok for 30 minutes. (laughs) You know, what is it that gets you, um, that really interrupts a pattern for you? So what you do is you write this down. It could be in the notes app on your phone. It could be on a piece of paper, stick it on your fridge. 
anything that works for you, just keep this list handy so that when you're like, all right, I've been crying for three hours. I think we're good on processing for the day. Let's actually have good life experiences because that also helps healing. So let's grab, grab, you know, pick something at random from my toolbox and let's do it. So that's what the toolbox is for. I hope that is helpful um, in combination with the RAIN method. And just remember, you know, there is no wrong way to do this. Um, There are slower ways. Um, And I can tell you from personal experience that by not processing something in the moment, that's, you're going to have to process it. Whether it's seven years from now or seven days from now, you're going to have to process it. So I hope that helps and I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode... Tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lofthouse. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. Talk soon. Bye. And here's a preview of our next episode. My final point is you can't put love in a box and you can't define love in terms of like order of importance or order of strength. Like love is love. Like if you love someone, you love them. Whether or not you can see differences in the way you love someone new versus the old, there's just no such thing as ranking love. Yeah, and something that just came to me is, you know, trying to use this current love that you're thinking about as some type of standard when you're, like, in the midst of the pain of the breakup. Yeah. You know, I don't really think that that's a good, like, launching off point.